I am waiting. We were waiting. Waiting all week. Watching. Waiting for the counts to come in. And the next update. Then finally, yesterday, more results from Pennsylvania. Enough of the counting to call the election. To make the announcement. A winner was declared. Blessed resolution. I spent a good share of yesterday just breathing that in, along with many of you, I am sure. But I also had a task before me. And as I turned to write this sermon, clearing my head enough to write this sermon, I came face to face with the question that I had posed for myself some weeks ago in the title I had chosen. Well, now what do we do? Now what? Now, which feels recognizably changed from a few days ago. Now we are living in a new reality, or at least a new vision of what lies ahead, with a new administration soon to be taking power, including 100 years after women won the right to vote, the first woman elected to serve as vice president, and the first woman of color to serve as vice president. Now what? One of the first things that struck me is how often I am hearing the November Soul Matters theme, the theme for our month as people seek to answer that question, now what? You can hear it in the words of politicians and news correspondents, You can read it in headlines, like the one in the Tribune today. Biden wins White House, says it's time to heal. You can see it in headlines and columns of journalists. You can witness it given voice by many everyday people who were out in the streets yesterday when asked what they hope for in the coming years. What now? Healing. Now is a time for healing. The president-elect campaigned on that promise, healing the devastating medical and economic impacts of the coronavirus and the ongoing brutality of systemic racism, healing a nation torn apart by bullying tactics and ugly divisiveness, healing the corrosive effects of a constant stream of name-calling and mockery and bitterness. What now? Healing. I invite you to join me in listening for that word in the coming weeks and how it is being used and what it seems to mean in each context. Because, listen, I am all for healing. But I think it will be important to unpack just what we mean when we use the term healing. And I'll share one thing that concerns me. The idea that everything we have experienced over the last four years is unreal. That it is somehow an aberration. That the way to heal it is to put it behind us and pretend it never happened. 
President-elect Biden on a few different occasions has, in referring to the ugliest aspects of the last four years, said, that's not who we are. Really? Did I just dream this? Makes me wonder who is we? That's not who we are. I think that he is meaning to talk about all Americans. And if so, that is demonstrably who we are, or at least a piece of who we are. Now, I think that what he is trying to say is that this is not the best part of who we are. He may be saying that deep down that is not who we wish to be. But I fear that saying that's not who we are can work against the work we need to do of reformation and transformation. It can work against what he is actually meaning to inspire and what others who use that phrase are meaning to inspire. Let me explain. When I do something wrong, not just a mistake, but something unkind or uncaring, something insensitive or hurtful, there is an automatic process of self-image protection that is triggered immediately within me. I don't wish to believe that I've done something wrong. That interferes with the way I see myself. So I manufacture justifications for my behavior. Now, at my best, I can bring some measure of self-awareness to this process, and I can refrain from getting caught up in it, but I've never been able to stop it altogether. It is triggered every time. It usually kicks off with self-justification. Yes, I may have been insensitive, I think to myself, but I had a very good reason for what I did. This is the, I'm sorry you feel that way level. If that seems to insufficiently address my accountability, even to the admittedly sympathetic jury in my head, another thought arises. I had a good reason for what I did, but the way I did it was wrong. This is the, I never meant to hurt you level. And if I simply cannot sidestep that what I did was wrong, as well as the way I did it, I reached the last bastion of self-image protection. That just wasn't me. Yes, I did it, and yes, it was wrong, but really, that is so out of character for me as to leave me virtually blameless. I am as shocked as you seem to be by my behavior. It just is not like me, and really... It's just not me. And if that strikes you as something of a weak defense for one's actions, just imagine if it was repeated for a second time or a third time or an eighth or twelfth or twenty-fifth time. That, I say with firm conviction, that too is not me. When, one may rightly ask, when is it me? And if it's not me, why do I keep doing it? You see, saying it's not me doesn't help me change my behavior. Rather, it allows me enough distance to treat it as an unfortunate aberration, but not indicative of who I am. 
And while no individual and maybe no nation should be judged solely by the very worst thing they have done, it is also true that responsibility must be taken and a commitment to change the behavior and thinking that led to that very worst thing. The danger for us as a nation is that we can commit our most grievous sins while imagining ourselves to be in pursuit of our highest ideals. The point is that we don't get a free pass when the marginalized, the vulnerable, the oppressed rise up and point to one injustice after another. That's not who we are is not a sufficient response to charges of white supremacy. That's not who we are is not a sufficient response to the genocide carried out under the banners of manifest destiny and under the legal protection of the doctrine of discovery. That's not who we are is not a sufficient response to immoral immigration policies. That's not who we are is not a sufficient response to the routine presumption of guilt for people of color by police officers with all of the fatal and tragic implications of that presumption and the obscene inability of this society to hold police officers accountable. That's not who we are anymore is not a sufficient response to a history of enslavement, oppression, discrimination, and abuse of Native peoples, people of color, poor people, the mentally ill, and the most vulnerable among us. Carl Jung wrote, People will do anything, no matter how absurd, in order to avoid facing their own soul. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. Moving beyond the light-dark dichotomy and the association of darkness with evil, we could say we do not promote healing through defining ourselves by what we wish we were, but by studying our current behavior to find out who we are. The clear and concise words of James Baldwin come to mind. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. Rather than this is not who we are, how about we have seen an ugly side of who we are? What will we do to change this? Rather than a statement, this is not who we are, how about a question? Is this who we wish to be? I can't heal a real illness by insisting that I am not a sick person. So yes, Healing is called for, but let's be clear about what healing means and what it is we are healing and where the suffering is most acute. And while it may be easy, all too easy, for me to point the finger outward with this indictment, it ultimately calls me to humbling introspection, to consider the distance between who I am and who I wish to be. 
working toward more justice, more love, more peace somewhere. There are passions within me that point in the opposite direction. In my anger over injustice, I can sometimes crave simple revenge. In my frustration over the callous disregard of the most vulnerable among us, I can sometimes wish for the suffering of those I hold responsible. In my aspiration toward collective liberation, there are those who sometimes I would just as soon leave out. When those who I consider to be on the other side are proved wrong, I am delighted. And when they are right, I still try to prove them wrong. I am grateful there are no recordings of me watching the news on TV as I shout horrible, childish, disrespectful things at the screen. It can sometimes be somewhat humorous, but also frightening when I realize that I am indulging an active hatred and dehumanizing the other. And I am tempted to say that is not who I am. But it is a part of who I am, and it pays me to look at that if I am sincere about transforming hatred into love. Healing, yes, individually, societally, but healing does not mean comfort necessarily. It does not mean compromising our values in order to calm things down, but it does mean acting with compassion and a recognition of each person's inherent worth and dignity when we choose to get into some good trouble. It does not mean being unrealistic about who we are, but it does mean holding on to a vision of who we can be even in the most difficult times. Healing will involve recognizing that we are all connected in an inescapable network of mutuality in one body, so to speak. So healing must be inclusive and collective, and there is no guarantee that healing itself will not be painful. Psychologist Carl Jung again writes, there is no coming to consciousness without pain. So, now what do we do? Judging by the voter turnout this election, we as a people may have disabused ourselves of the dangerous notion that democracy has an autopilot feature. And if so, our responsibility extends beyond voting, as important as that is, to making our voices heard actualizing our values in the public square as best we can, to engaging in sincere reflection on who we are as individuals and as a country, and to take responsibility in whatever ways we can contribute to attaining our highest aspirations for who we wish to be. What do we do now? How about deepening connections by nurturing spiritual growth, practicing justice, and inspiring joy? How about deepening our commitment to the promise of this democracy project?
How about recognizing who we are and what we have done and are doing so we may clearly move forward to who we wish to be and the world for which we long. But first, we all get to breathe. And then, we all get to sing. <laughs>